Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hidden Film Review, where I, Dan, and Jared, him, <laughs> him. Yep, thank you. <laughs> that was, that came out very strange, but okay. We both review <laughs> independent films. <laughs> And um, this week is no different, of course. We have a filmmaker submission called The Last White Man. Jared, who sent us The Last White Man? Finally, a film for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Mark sent us this. Uh, thank you so much, Mark. Uh, we appreciate you. So Mark is the uh, writer and director of this film. Thank you, Mark. Written and produced by Dean and Mark. Uh, and and uh, Mark did the uh, editing and directing. Mark L. Mazio. Okay, so The Last White Man is about a man who is white. Whoa. It's not the last one, but... He's not? He's, he's figuratively speaking about being the last oh, one. Anyway. Oh, I see. It's about a guy who... <sighs> It's about a caricature of a guy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who thinks that the world is out to get him. Like this, this whole kind of narrative, the, the political narrative of like, you know, the everybody's out to get the white man and like affirmative action is just, you know, weeding out the good workers and shit like that. Like it's somebody from that school of thought and he is having trouble navigating life because... He's keeping himself down because of these ideologies. Like, he himself is believing them so much that he refuses to do anything with his life and he makes excuses for himself because of this doctrine that he follows. And it escalates and escalates and escalates because of his romantic trysts and it gets very uncomfortable <laughs> uh, as you watch it. Yeah, this film tries to show it as like these are like radicalized ideologies that this guy has and that's kind of like what leads him down this path but i felt like what was leading him down this path is this guy's like just socially awkward and bad with women mm -hmm. <laughs> which i guess is like most like active shooters or like freakos that go out and do all this stuff they just don't know how to like communicate and and be around other people very well so they're like well, well there must be something wrong with them and not me or vice versa i think what you're you're getting at here jared is there's going to be this really strange dichotomy between the way that you approach the film and the way that i approach the film because to me this guy does not exist like it uh. is too extreme of a car caricature for me to believe the whole time, like all of my notes are like what is what is this guy why is this happening mm. i don't understand at all how these scenarios manifest, but they manifest in such a way that like the film is pitched as a um, dark political satire. So it's like, it's supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be drama and romance, but like it, it doesn't have any lightheartedness in the comedy. So it's very much a juvenilian satire, I would assume. But the, I don't know, like, like I said, there's just so many scenes that I'm like, I don't believe this would ever happen. I don't well, know. Well, it's it's the same with that like that other film, the Crisis Counselors thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, I was able to enjoy some of that, even though I know like not like none of this would ever happen. It makes no sense. This film, like this character as it is presented, I don't think exists, right? Yes. I I, I think 
some people feel this way. So maybe that's a good way to approach it. This is a character caricature of not a person, but a caricature of the ideology itself. Mm-hmm. Just a physical manifestation of that. So maybe that makes yeah. a little bit more sense. Types of like negative thought like this can lead to, mm. you know, active shooters and stuff like that. And what's funny is like, of course, there's something like that going on in the U.S. right now. But I feel like anytime we cover this movie, there's probably going to be something like that going on. They brought that up in the the companion piece they sent with it. They sent us an interview. We'll link to it. But um Basically, while they were making it, all the other shit that um, happened that uh, ignited Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, yeah, that yeah. that was going on whenever they first finished it. So their first screening was still very racially charged, and it, it, culture is going to make this movie shift in re- really weird ways mm-hmm. as you know the years progress. Okay, question for you: Was this movie supposed to be funny, and did you find it funny? There were a couple moments that I did find funny but most of it no okay so one of the things that was brought up in the that piece was um we're not supposed to sympathize with the character but we should empathize with him because we should empathize with everybody right he is horrid and he's written horrid on purpose but the way he is so horrid like it's just i don't laugh at anything that that guy does but there was like I I I would assume that my laughter did come out of the really awkward situations he puts him in himself in. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a couple that are just like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. I'm gonna laugh my way out of it. And the film does a really good job of making that awkward stick and driving it home, like by holding some shots too long, where it's like, okay, I get it. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There were a few scenes that I thought were really, really funny, and I wasn't sure if it was intentional or not. Okay, we'll have to talk about those. So I had a big problem with the editing in this. Uh Uh-huh. I had a big problem with some of the added dialogue, like the 80-yard in dialogue that they had later on. Well, some of it was good, but then, like, yes, I agree that some of the ADR was just a little bit too... It shifts whenever you're listening with headphones. Like you can hear everything when you listen with headphones. So I I was listening with headphones and the sound design to me was a little bit rough, but the granola bars, Dan, the fucking granola bar sound for one, Jared, it's not granola. And that was my first question to you. How do you feel about baby Ruth bars now? That is that what it is? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oh, I fucking hated it. So, but here's the deal. That sound was loud on purpose because they were making him as disgusting as humanly possible. It's like, oh, his actions aren't bad enough for you. Let's make him just all around just slimeball human being by making him eat into the microphone. Against the wall. (laughs) But okay, so that being said, you have a problem with editing. I have a problem with sound. But what I loved about this film was the strides they take to make really interesting cinematography happen in a lot of these scenes. There were a couple scenes where I was taken aback by, like, what they were doing with the camera. Like, there's one scene in particular where he's stalking somebody. And the way the camera follows him and then follows his stalking victim and then follows him again. Like, I'm like, ooh, that was really cool. So, good on the cinematography. It's just the sounds, even though they're on purpose a lot of the time, they were very grinding on my eardrums. Yeah, just the the baby Ruth eating was just too much. And he eats it throughout the entire 
film. The first time he does it and he hangs the baby Ruth out the window and we see the title card of The Last White Man, I'm like, yes, this is fucking amazing. I love this. Mm -hmm. And then by the end, I wanted to scratch my fucking ears out because <laughs> I could not stand hearing that sound. But Dan, so uh, off mic, you were saying that this film was having syncing issues on YouTube. Yes. So as I was watching, um, I got to about maybe the hour, hour and 10 minute mark. And then it, it was the scene where um, he goes to, he delivers to the, uh, the military veterans house. Yes. And as soon as we got there, like everything just got out of like the soundbite jumped like ahead. And then it was a lag on the visual. So I got to hear what was happening before I got to see what was happening. And that happened to me quite a few times. So I don't know if it was a YouTube issue or if like, you know, something got lost in the digital translation or the processing aspect of YouTube, but I was able to finally get it to work properly. It took me a while to get it to work, but what I had to do was I had to take down the um, uh, quality to 480p and then reboot it. And then that played through, but it took yeah. like, it, there, it wasn't just that scene. It was all the scenes after that. Just, it kept having the synchronization issue. Yeah, there were so many scenes in this movie that were playing out of order. You would have characters sitting on a couch and then it would cut and now they're both standing up and awkwardly staring at each other and now there's a third character there and then I would... It, it, like, a character would leave to go to the bathroom but they're walking out the front door and then next scene they'd be in the bathroom and then in another scene they'd walk out the front door and leave and you're like didn't I just see that scene? What's going on? So I didn't, I didn't know. And I would go back and play the scene again and it would play the exact same really? verbatim. Yeah. So, but you, but you're telling me that it was, so I don't know. I don't know if it was a sync issue or what, but I'm I've just, never seen this happen on YouTube before. I have. That's, that's the thing. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Cause so it was real I'm gonna all chalk, over the place. I'm going to chalk those up to this weird YouTube processing issue. The film looks great. Like it, it's high def and it's it's everything that you would want and it's awesome black and white. I love the fact that it's mm -hmm. black and white too. But yeah, those synchronization and I didn't understand that it was a synchronization issue at first because the, he I thought it was stylistic. Yeah, he narrates to and himself. And I just didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, are they doing this on purpose? And then I I still don't know if this if it's on purpose. No, or not. it's not, it's definitely not on purpose because I went back and I fixed it and I saw all the scenes the way they're supposed to be shown. So I'm pretty sure it's just YouTube. Even even the mall scene when the girl breaks up with him. Yes. Because that scene was just non. It didn't. You would. It, he was like hitting her or like they were yelling, but he was walking away and he was like walking through. Yeah, the that mall. was that was the sink issue. I had that. Really strange. I think it has. I mean, without harping on it too much. It it might just be the bandwidth that they have because it's an it's it's a high def movie and it's a long high def movie. Yeah, Vimeo I think is a better streaming service for filmmakers, but I understand it's it's it costs money, like it's pretty pricey compared. Oh, to Oh yeah, does it? So I mean, I don't mind watching things on YouTube, but like that issue arose. But I, I I'm not going to count that against the film because I was able to eventually fix it. It just it took me a while to get through it. I I feel like I have to. <laughs> I don't like I don't know. This was the experience I had with the movie. Just yeah. a, a jumbled weird mess with ADR that didn't make sense. Well, um, I will go to bat for the film because I am a champion. Uh another thing too, so usually we do like you're saying you like the black and white. I love black and white. I don't think black and white detracted from the film. I thought it was fine. I just didn't get 
why it was in black and white. And then I saw, um, so I was looking at some of the supplemental material that they had sent us to this interview with, uh, uh, with Mark and Dean, which was very interesting. And, but then they had full color pictures at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Dan, I encourage you to go and look at these. They look so nice. It's like, it looks like old sixties photos. And the color and the saturation, I'm like, oh, man, this looks so good. And I'm like, I wish the film looked this way. Well, <laughs> like, I wish I could have seen color. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't get why they had made it black and white. I mean, it's always a stylistic choice. It didn't, to me, like you said, it didn't detract from the film. And I do see what you say, you're saying about the pictures. But um, I, I don't know. It didn't bother. The only time that it bothered me was the very beginning of the film. Because it was shot in low light. And I'm like, okay, the first film or the first scene of the film is low lighting and it's a black and white film and I can barely see anything. Like, give me low light later in the film. But here's here's the other thing, too. Like, maybe the the idea of black and white speaks to the character in that he sees the world in black and white. Yes. Holy shit. That's absolutely correct, Dan. Absolutely correct. So it's safe to say that this is a caricature of someone on the extreme far right, like alt-right. Yes. Like beyond conservative. This guy yeah. is like in a fucking Looney Tunes world. And there are people like that that exist. It's just not, you know, like it's uh, it's extremism. I think what the problem I had with this character is it's not... Whenever you go far right, whenever you go far left, it's not just one type of person. It's multiple people because you have the mm -hmm. incels, you have the gun control people. Yeah. Like there's so many different categories of these people that have their own agendas that this character doesn't make sense to me because he's all the agendas in one. Yeah, Dan, when are we going to have representation for the incels? You know, I've been I've been going on there. I've been looking and be like, hey, uh, where's my incel movie? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think there are a couple of films about incels. Probably. Uh, the joke was I was pretending that I was an incel and it didn't it didn't work very well. I didn't do a good job. <laughs> I get it now. Ha ha. Thank you. Ha ha. D Jared, you suck. You can't, <laughs> can't kiss. Can't kiss people you want to kiss because they don't want you to um yeah no he is uh again they say it's a satire so okay i i was willing to commit to like this guy being super but it it's it's one thing to have like these extremist views and there's another thing to where this character is not only mentally unwell but has to be on the spectrum yes. for the way he acts yes. right so i know they were saying they didn't want you to have any sympathy for this character I, I did have sympathy in the fact that, like, he just, he needs help. Not with even, like, just having someone just get on medication. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess so, but to me, that's empathy. <laughs> it might not change his views, but it, at least he won't want to kill anyone. Sympathy is you are able to put yourself in that person's shoes because you're feeling for them. You're feeling what they feel. Empathy, on the other hand, is, you know, you do need help, but you're still a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. So empathetic. Then. Yes. So I can be empathetic that he clearly has mental illness. Yes. And mental illness aside, you, it's still inexcusable to be a complete dickwad in public. Like you're going to sure. piss somebody off. You're going to, you're going to be a stain on society until you get help. 
and everybody's reaction to you is it's going to be their reaction. Like there's a problem, right? Yeah. And mental illness is not an excuse for violence. No, it's not plenty of people who suffer from mental illness that never hurt anyone. And they choose not to, they're not necessarily linked together. So Jared, how I want to proceed is reading through my notes and getting to points where I was physically frustrated with this character. <laughs> okay, awesome. So we're going to get into spoilers. I, we kind of already started spoiling this movie. I'm yeah. sorry. This is a bit of an unorthodox uh, episode just because we're very heated about it. We're really r- raring to go on this one. So uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, go on YouTube. It's The Last White Man again. Uh, all right. So Dan, go ahead. Okay, so we already talked about the goddamn baby Ruth and how he's eating it the entire film, and it's so gross to listen to it because they literally there's it's definitely done on purpose. It's definitely done on purpose because he's eating it right inside of the microphone. So they are trying to make him sound as despicable as possible, which I okay, I can get that. Now, the first time that I'm like, what is going on with this dude? Is whenever he, well, first of all, he's stalking his ex-girlfriend, which you don't know is his ex-girlfriend at first. You think that he's just some random girl that he, I'm like, surprised he even landed her. Like, I don't. I know. Well, he's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. Anyway. I guess you're right. Anyway, he, he, the actor is. he jimmer, he, he jimmers, he, he jimmers. <laughs> Whoa, everybody. He, hold on. Hold he, the phone. He, he jimmies her lock and goes into her car and like, um, you know, drinks her water bottle, smells it, licks it. It's like, what are you? Oh, you're so that disgusting. Was amazing. So, okay. <laughs> this is the very first part of the film. And I'm like, yes, I'm in. I'm so excited for this kind of level of weirdness. The film doesn't meet that for the rest of it. I don't know. Kind of... It kind of does. What else is the... what? Okay, give me another example of of uh, man licking water bottle. It's like not no. It, it it goes in a different direction of weirdness in that. Okay, we okay. have him. You know, we'll we'll get there. So the first time that I have this problem with him is he delivers a pizza to this guy who is lifting a complete alpha male type dude. So. The entire movie up to this point, he's saying that everybody's a cuck besides him and everybody's beta and blah, blah, blah. So he gets to the guy who's alpha, more alpha than him, and then he's upset by this guy. Yeah. Why isn't he best friends? Yeah, right? There there was a few times where he would meet characters and I'm like, wouldn't he relate exactly. or like these characters? And he doesn't. Yeah, that's why I, I felt this guy is a complete caricature because he, this person does not exist in the world. Well, hold on. There is a joke of him kind of like being taken aback by him. And I think there's this weird, there's this undertone of him possibly being attracted to men. Uh-huh. That the film doesn't really address. It's more played for laughs. Uh but yeah, I don't know. It's just an observation. Go ahead. So, well, you get more disgusting stuff. Like at one point he looks at his girlfriend through binoculars or his ex-girlfriend through binoculars as she's walking away. And it's like, oh, dude, you're, you're disgusting. You're pathetic. I don't like you at all. You know, if any film needed a jack-off scene, I feel like this film... I think he was doing that whenever he was licking the water bottle. Like there was a... There was a a period of time, like maybe three second span, where he's just kind of sitting in the car, not doing anything. Oh, I'm like, he's touching yeah. himself right now. Oh boy! He goes to his girlfriend's house at one point, and he breaks in and starts to watch him watch his girlfriend have sex with some dude, and that was really disgusting. 
Then there's this scene. Okay. He works at a pizza parlor with this guy who feels sorry for him. The the boss does. And yeah. young he's people. More, he's a more realistic character and he's kind of racist. Yes. But he's at least believable as a human being. And he works with him and people who are still in school. So this guy has graduated from college and he has a degree and he's still working at a pizza joint being a delivery yeah. driver. So he works. Yeah, 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 yeah. He intentionally is sabotaging himself even though he has a degree. That's a very special type of person. So while there, there's this crazy, cr- I don't know, It's it's it wasn't amazing to me. It was just like, I was so just mouth agape that this even happened. The scenario is he is talking to um, his boss about how he has a romantic grand gesture that he's going to perform for his girlfriend. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then his coworker is like, dude, she broke up with you six months ago. And they start mm-hmm. laughing at him. And I'm like, when, when did this scenario ever happen ever? Like it, it was such, it was such an extreme moment of humility like to be laughed at like that for this fantasy that you have that you're still with your girlfriend after six months of her breaking up with you. So wh- how I remember it is he was bragging that he had dumped his ex-girlfriend yeah. and was saying like, oh, I dropped her. You know, she was a hot piece of ass or whatever. But uh, and he was like he was trying to make fun of the young teenager saying like, you probably wouldn't understand it because this never happens to you. So that's why they reacted so poorly and laughed at him because they're like, dude. She broke up with you like six months ago. Okay. And then they were like laughing in his face. That makes sense. But it just, it felt so extreme. Now, this film has a preoccupation with, with this type of caricature and that will immediately leak into racism and homophobia. Yeah. Now there's a lot of, there's, there's maybe not a lot, but there's a few scenes with, with this problem. Now, another clue as to, I don't understand who this person is, is this line. So he is delivering these pizzas to this girl who keeps ordering pizzas because she's working and she thinks he's attractive and they're kind of hitting it off, but she's black. And he doesn't want to sleep with her because she's black, but he does he does think that she's attractive. And his boss is like, hey, why aren't you going to make the move? And he's like, and this is what he says verbatim, well, what if it's true that once you go black, you never go back? Jesus. I know. It's so dumb. What bothered me about it is like, how can somebody be that ignorant? Well, again, in in the beginning of the film, they say like, this guy is stupid. So like yes. they made him intentionally really, really dumb. But like, unbelievably dumb to me, at least. Okay. So there's, there's a few things I want to get to because we're already getting near okay. the end and I, I want to kind of get these points in. So one, uh, the things I found funny when he was stalking his ex and he was hiding behind the trash can and she was like hugging her boyfriend or whatever. He's like, why would she date a, a, a beta cuck like him or whatever? It was like when she can have a real strong man like me. And then they cut to him hiding behind the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh a lot. So there are certain scenes in this movie that through through like him musing and his actions were just completely different to what was going on. The scene that made me laugh out loud and it was it wasn't because it was funny but because it was it was 
sad to me. I don't know. Just whenever he's getting ready for his date and he has the bolo tie and he's looking nice. And then all of a sudden he pulls out the fucking cowboy hat. And I'm like, no. And he puts it on (laughs) and he like tips his hat and like, no, 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 no. And they even snuck in a milady. Yeah. Pretty dumb. And then he takes her to his place of employment <laughs> to eat. Yes. Because he thinks that she likes it when she would only order there so she could see him. Did you see whenever like he was motioning to his boss, like, hey, I'm with her, like, but he was yeah. doing it silently? Yeah. That's why he did it. To show off his... <laughs> what a fucking loser. And then, okay, another thing that made me laugh was, so this girl that he's starting to see, Keisha, she's like, hey, you have a degree. My company might be, you know, hiring. Why don't you give it a shot? And he starts filling oh, out... the application? Yeah, he starts filling out the application. It's like, who, who referred you to this posi- position? It's like, Keisha. It's like, what's your relationship to her? And he's like, lover. I'm like, oh, God. Lover. <laughs> he wrote On a lover. goddamn job application (laughs) yeah and he was so offended by the political correctness of the application that he didn't even fill it out so we have carl and keisha and then kevin is keisha's friend yes uh and he is he is also at the apartment all three of them are together uh carl for some reason decides like instead of us going out on our date why don't we all hang out together and we're gonna hang out in your apartment and just order pizza because he's a psycho so carl and kevin are sitting on the couch they're talking it's an awful awkward conversation right well he makes the worst joke to in in, like like, a kkk joke and then a clan rally joke and and you're like yeah oh so you already have that precedent and then it goes into this scene and it's just it's already awkward and he just he won't stop burying or digging his awkward hole. It just it gets yeah, so deep. He, he's in a completely oblivious to all of it. He thinks everything's going really well, which makes him, you know, like he's a dummy, like like the movie explains. But Carl says something strange, and then it cuts to Carl. There's complete silence. Then it cuts to Kevin, and then Keisha is there, and they're standing. Uh-huh. And then it, it cuts to him, and they're all standing together. And it never showed them getting off the couch or Keisha showing up. It was just now there's three characters and they're all standing in this room together. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It was so all over the place. But now that you've explained to me about this whole like rendering problem, I'm hoping that's what it was. Because this happens at the mall. Like we said, it happens in these scenes. It happens uh, during when when we're talking to the veteran guy and his uh, abused girlfriend. So it's it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, but boy, I hope it wasn't intentional because I don't think it, it was. made the movie. Look uh, I'm going to go to bat for the film. I think it was, it was a, it, it's just a rendering problem. That is just the, the issue with YouTube. So, um, one thing I do want to say before we go is this film, despite it's, it's me not liking the character, and I well, I did like the cinematography. Well, you're not supposed to like the character. Yeah, right. You're not supposed to like it. Well, but it was to an extreme where it's like, okay, I don't want to watch this guy for another 50 minutes. Like, it got to that point where I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's the benefit of the shorts that we watch that are kind of similar to this about the extreme satire with uh, Crisis Counselors is because that was difficult because of how extreme and dark the satire was. But at least it was like 15 minutes or yeah. 10 minutes, right? This, no, this was, this, this was hard to, to watch because to watch of this. And, and to the director's credit, 
he, they achieved it. He was, he is absolutely despicable. I do not want to ever have to deal with him again. Now, there was an, a really cool ending. I like this ending a lot. When all is said and done, even though I couldn't fucking stand the character, the ending saved the movie for me. Like, n- not, not saying that the movie needed saving, but like, I'm saying that all of the despicableness was worth this ending, I guess is what mm. I'm trying to say. So, at the end, he um, has his rant. So he he kidnaps his ex-girlfriend. He kidnaps Keisha. And he brings them to his place of employment where he has either murdered or knocked out his boss. We don't know. Oh, I think he's dead. Yeah, you think that he's dead? That guy's dead. So he murders his boss and he keeps oh, them there. Oh, wait. So the boss, the entire film has Crocs on. And every time the boss walks up to the main character, Carl, his uh, Crocs squeak. Yeah. That was funny. Maybe the first couple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, he's he's at he's he's at this place and he is forcing his ex girlfriend to tie Keisha up and he's going to tie her up and he has a gun he has an assault rifle and he's putting can, on wait a, can I talk about this too yeah so he brings them both there one of the girls is already tied up <laughs> unties her he he unties her just so that she can wake up the other girl and tie her up. Just tie them both up. Like, what are we doing? It, that didn't make any sense. Well, I mean, anyways, it, it may be explained by his erratic behavior that he's just, he's too far mm. gone. Anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah. So he goes on this fucking insane tirade where it's like, this is the meat of what we wanted to hear. This is why you're so fucked up. Like, he goes on his rant. He goes and makes his speech. And then he leaves. And he goes to, um, I think he's going to the shopping mall first. And then he's going to the hospital and his plan is I'm going to shoot up both of these places that are significant to my girlfriends. Now, before he goes to shoot these places up, like he's driving, I think he's talking over the drive. And as soon as he gets there, the dialogue is, um, you know, I could be just like, you know, one of these stupid betas or whatever, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. But the way he's saying it is like, I could be just like you. And he turns to the camera and he breaks the fourth wall and you're like, ooh, what? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I wasn't ready for that. So I really like that breaking of the fourth wall at the very end because it, it forces you to think about, you know, this, even though I think he's a very unrealistic character. He is. He's a manifestation of all these different ideologies. That's why he didn't make so much mm-hmm. sense, because he has so much going on in him. Yeah, he's he's the torrent of rage of spree killers, right? Yes. He is the embodiment, the deity of spree killers. Um, I didn't think that last scene was really earned. I don't know. I, I, I didn't really like the ending. I thought I it liked just it. took too long. It felt like the film was just glacial the film could be cut down at the end it was it's an hour and 37 minutes where it's like i don't know (laughs) well here in fairness i thought a lot of the film i was not bored until the end honestly like really like yeah i was just like ah we could speed this up how dumb the characters get all the characters get how dumb they get starts to get a little frustrating to me the biggest point of contingency i have with how unrealistic this film is, is the tenacity of Keisha. Why does she still give him another chance? Why does she ever give him a chance? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Besides, I guess he's kind of good looking. She is a super successful woman, and she wants to date this fucking pizza guy? 
This older pizza guy. Like, really? Would she really want to do that? I feel like that's a one in a million chance of that ever happening. That blew me away so much. I'm like, this? And the more he would talk to her mm -hmm. and say his dumb shit, I'm just like, why would she ever be into this guy? Yeah. <laughs> she could have any guy that she wants. She's gorgeous. She has a career. I don't understand. <laughs> That was the most unbelievable thing about this movie. I'm glad I'm not I'm the only like, one. This is fucking wild. <laughs> Woo! Uh, okay. Was there something else you wanted to say, Dan, before I... No, uh, I, I think I, that's I fucking it. Blew up. Um, I blew up. Just... Fucking... The, the film has its head in the right place. Uh-huh. I think it could be edited for time, and I think it could have a little bit more of a concrete direction with what exactly is being satirized because i think i i think the the whole spectrum of that far right reaching caricature and all the different ideologies he has is it's just it's so broad that the character ended up not making sense to me if like they channel it to like maybe two ideologies that make sense together it would have been a stronger yeah. film i think if the film should have been more focused on trying to be funny and using humor to get their point across of this type of person and why this person is wrong and why they don't, you know, like, obviously, like, this is, like, a bad path to go down. All right, final thoughts, Dan. Great cinematography. It, it, like you said, it wasn't boring. It just, it was hard to watch this dude make Baby Ruth noises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found it pretty entertaining. I wasn't bored, like you were saying. Yes. And I, the ending was a little slow for me, but, uh, I wish it was funnier, I guess is like my big thing. I, I wish this was uh, just even zanier because this guy is already zany and we could, we could amp up the, make him a fucking cartoon character. Like who gives a shit? He's already a cartoon character. Guys, you can find us on Twitter at Indie Film Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Indie Film Review Pod. My... <laughs> You can find us on Instagram at Indie Film Review Pod. And you can email us at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, I, I mean, we appreciate the follow-up emails. <laughs> but you have to understand, there are so many films people send us. We're not going to be able to review your film in like a month, okay? Or even two months. It's going to take so yeah, long. Yeah, this isn't our fucking job. Yeah, this is, this this is, is our what hobby. we do for fun. So, uh... If you do want uh, your film reviewed way, way quicker, like within a week or two, then you can, uh, you know, throw us throw us a couple bones on the old Patreon. Uh, Dan, what's that Patreon again? Uh, Patreon.com slash review. Ooh, thank you so much. $5 tier. $5 Look for that $5 tier. Um, that $5 tier is for filmmakers. Just It's a one-time donation tier. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as you do it, it, it charges you and you can just stop. Like, you just cancel it or whatever. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. Boy, uh, this this episode has exhausted me. Uh, Dan, you have the final word. Oh, it's really hard for me to do my final word because my microphone is out of sync. So, I'm hearing myself, like, two seconds after what I'm saying. So, <laughs> that's it. That's my final word.
Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.